0: You really need to talk to the folks here at Next Level. I've got to tell you, just speaking to the people here, they are fired up, they get it, they've got the right balance, and they're all increasing their
1: income, they're increasing their production. But you're dealing with uh, people that are in the trenches dealing with this, our practitioners had failures, had successes, learned from it, and it's about helping you, not just like get through the next month, but it's about creating legacy business for yourself. I can tell you that um, you are mission focused, I know you're purpose focused, and and I can tell you that every loan officer that I've communicated with uh, that's been part of your platform has been a raving fan. This is the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast, a proud founding member of the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. You can check out more awesome podcasts at realdisrupt.com. And now, Kenneth Travis and Sean
0: Zalmanoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of our Next Level Loan Officers Podcast, joined by by the man, Shane Kidwell, one of my amazing business partners today. And Shane... Uh, man, I, I got to talk about the shirt that you're wearing because, uh, that is brand new first print, first edition, first run next level gear.
1: What up Sean Z. I actually think this is the first t-shirt ever in this brand category. So this is our new next level swag shirt. Um, this is the mountains and this is a really symbolic shirt for us as founders because we started this journey with next level, gosh, a little over three years ago. And one of our first ever, owners meetings that we did well, we went up to the mountains i had a cabin um and we i remember i remember vividly jogging in the snow we just got to a coaching event where we'd been you know run through a a business owners boot camp and so we came out of this boot camp we thought what are we going to do with our business how are we going to build a tribe of like-minded people next level was founded there was a lot about taking your business to the next level always you know elevating your game the mountains were super fitting to that so excited to bring these shirts to the market
0: you know, it's actually a funny story. We, we had a couple of people try to talk us out of naming our coaching organization Next Level. Uh, but but that's a story for a different day. And they, you know, they didn't make the cut. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not around anymore. You know, one thing uh, that uh, that T-shirt represents, uh, and we, we've had quite a few iterations of uh t-shirts man like we keep making them better and and that's definitely one thing that we've done at the next level i mean we've had three major shifts in four years as we've reacted to the market and man that's allowed us to meet some some amazing people like that we have joining us today uh Eric Braun is joining us. So if you guys don't know Eric, Eric is is the ripe young age of 25 years old. Uh, He closed 38 million uh, during a pandemic last year in the state of New York that happened to be, well, Shane knows about this, shut down for pretty much most of the year. Uh, You have an amazing social media presence, especially on Instagram. Uh, You run some killer events that you uh, you got you got to do one of them last year yeah. which is actually probably a pretty good story too because you you got like four days before the event or two days before the event the place that was holding it told you you can't have it there and, and, and you pulled that off too uh <laughs> so bro man welcome like you know you're you have a lot of success you, a lot of hurdles that you overcome and you know something that shane and i can can relate to man probably uh Based on where we were and where we came from, uh, we've, we've had more success than maybe maybe we should have at this point in our lives.
2: Yeah. Um, I th- thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Both of you have impacted my business greater than both of you probably realize. So I, I appreciate it.
1: Well, Eric, man, I'd love to get your, your uh, baseball card if we could. And if you could share with, with our podcasting community, the stats on the back there, you know, cause, cause what's really cool about you is I kind of feel kindred, you know, like we're kindred spirits. We started with no background, no experience and ramped really quick. So tell our audience just a little bit more about yourself. Obviously you guys, if you don't look him up, not your average lender, he's all over the place on social media. He's done a phenomenal job, but give us your, give us your, your baseball card.
2: So I grew up in Long Island, a uh, very very um, modest upbringing. wasn't poor, wasn't rich. You know, had clothes. They might have been hand-me-down, but I had clothes. I had food in the fridge. Um, but I, my parents were not business people. You know, my my father was was a, a union carpenter for a lot of his life, and then transitioned to being a FDNY paramedic. That's why I got the hat on. Um, and my. My mother ran; she was like an office manager for a few different companies throughout her life. Um, so, coming growing up, I didn't really, I didn't have a business role model or background. Um, and during high school, I picked up my first job, started baking bagels on the weekends. I got out of high school. Turned. That's 20. a really
0: New York
1: thing. By the way, I mean, can we just call this episode from from bagel baker to broker? Like, all it that? Can we do that?
2: So, um, and I was going to go down the route of uh, EMS, emergency medical services, like my father. So I became an EMT. Um, started to do some research on what EMTs make, and I figured that's probably not for me. Um, as much as I loved it it wasn't going to help me live the life that I really wanted to live. And I was at a turning point in my life in general at that point when I was 20, just going through some trials and tribulations of growing up. I, I suffered from, you know, substance abuse and, and, and addiction. And I was just getting out of that. And I, and I was faced with all these big life decisions, like every 20 year old sometimes finds himself. And, um, somebody kind of just brought me into the mortgage business. And I mean, like brought me in. I didn't even know what I was signing up for. I started uh I started cold calling and telemarketing for my first two years in the business. And I said, you know, let me take this let me take this seriously. I got licensed. I started branding. Um I started to ask myself, how do I want to build my business? What are some different things that I can bring to the to, to the mortgage industry that I felt was years behind of where it was, where it should be. Um and I ran with it and the mortgage business has changed, changed my life. I'm forever um, indebted to it and, and for the individual that, that brought me in the business.
1: So Eric, that's, that's awesome. And, and guys and gals, if you're listening right now, there's a couple of things that I already took note on. Eric didn't do what everybody else did. Eric did what Eric felt was the best thing to do, right? And the problem in our industry is a lot of people, they go back to what we've always done and they just try to tweak it a little bit what Eric did is he said, hey, what's going to be best for me? And I can relate to that. You know, I'm, I'm wearing my hat backwards on purpose because that's one of my things. Like, it's almost like my statement of I'm different and I'm okay with that. And Eric's done a really good job of that as well. And so I want to commend you on just being yourself, man, because people don't want to give their life savings to somebody who's unauthentic. Right. They just don't want to do that. So So kudos to you. One question I always ask people is, you know, knowing what you know now, you know, you've been an originator now just really for a little over two years Mm -hmm. and you've ramped up to almost 40 million in production, top 1% originator, um, in a very short amount of time, knowing what you know now, what would you say are a couple of the key things that helped you shift so quickly that you would, you know, share with others who are maybe an EMT two years, you know, behind you looking to make a change?
2: Um, quick, I I feel, I mean, maybe some people look at my journey and they, they say it's, it was like a quick ramp up, um, which by most standards, I would, I would agree with you, but I felt that the route that I choose, I chose to build my business was a, was a grind. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it like, I didn't, I didn't have family that, you know, built houses. I didn't have, I didn't know any realtors. I was 20, two years old, nobody was really respecting a 22 year old that just got his loan officer license. So <clears throat> for me, it was consistently putting out content for the first two years and doing 10 million, 15 million. And then all of a sudden it popped, you know, um, to, to, to 38. And it, my, my, my advice for anybody starting out is first find out your value proposition. Like, like, what makes you different? What makes you separate yourself? What do you do that that is get to help other people and, and consistently ask yourself, how can I help the other person, whether it be a realtor, an attorney, an accountant, uh, an inspector, uh, a client, you know, whether that be an invest, investor or a first time home buyer, how can I help them? What are their pain points, right? Because what ends up happening is when you focus on everybody else. You divorce yourself from re- the result and marry yourself to the process. So I would first find out what, what your value proposition is, write it down, memorize it. Like my value proposition, my mission statement is to remove average from real estate by adding value to consumers and real estate professionals. I know that. That, that is what I always pull out of that. Out of that. That's, that's my thing. And then build content, putting out that message. Because if you have the value proposition and you know how you how to separate yourself, but you don't communicate that message, nobody's gonna it so it would it would be that those two things and I think at the bottom of all of that is just consistently taking meaningful action, not the planning stuff as much as you should plan, but don't sit there and and because this is what I struggled with you know even even the beginning of 2020, I sat there and I planned. And and I'm reading this book right now called Atomic Habits, and it talks about motion and action. It's two completely different things, right? So don't spend your time in motion, meaning planning and and coming up with all this stuff. Spend your time making the phone calls, taking the meetings, putting out the content, recording the content, and you're going to see results eventually.
0: You know, I, I remember being in San Diego last year at, at your first mastermind that, that you came to with us. And you were like trying to get the cheaper microphone or something else. And <laughs> you had your Amazon account open on your phone. I literally, like I remember ripping the phone out of your hand, assisting you in your purchases. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> hey, and if you guys
1: come to our event, be careful because Sean will do that to you. Yeah. Hey, I, really, was, I, was, I was, can I just, to... in, guys, I want to pause just for a moment. I'm sorry to do this, but no. I, I think, I don't want anyone to miss what you said. That was extremely powerful. You divorced yourself from the result, and you married yourself to the process. And I, I just, I just got to pause on that because that is something that people have such a hard time doing in sales. It's result, result, result. And the problem is when all you do is look at the result, you don't care about the process. The process drives the result. Correct. If your process is a ten, in whatever way that looks like, Instagram agent events. Old school handwritten 1003s. It doesn't matter. Marrying yourself to the process is a key component to what you did and what we find others do in the next level community. So I'm sorry to interrupt everybody, but that's like a no. huge key component. We could almost stop the podcast right there and, and do part two later because that was super powerful. So thank you for saying that, man. It's huge for the community to to think about.
0: Well, Eric, in the last year, like you know, you, you've had four different people on your team. You have two right now, two that haven't made the cut. You've made decisions, you've made good decisions, you've made decisions that you've learned from, but you keep making more decisions. Right. And 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 I've admired that about you. And I mean we've had a, a lot of conversations about that. You know, one thing that two that I was noticing, like as you talked about your production ramping up. I mean, that was like the exact time that we started talking. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> well played sean just drop that
1: in there <laughs> yeah. guys so we're not here we to promote ourselves but series. if we were to promote ourselves we would be promoting ourselves with eric right now <laughs> yeah so i
0: think talk about that process with your team and like find. yeah i mean because man you've had some you you have two incredibly awesome people on your team right now and you know not everybody's been as great as these two
2: yeah let me let me first by focusing on how good the two people that i have right now and it, it hasn't been easy finding. Um, I have my own processor now, Aaron Taylor, she's a beast. You know, she's in the office till eight, nine o'clock. She's trying to learn every single day. She's devoting herself to mastery. Right. And, and to find somebody like that is extremely, it's, it's priceless right now. I, and, and now I also have a, my own loan partner, his name is Eric Gruder. He has experience in the mortgage industry, which I needed to find somebody with a little bit of experience. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I found out through the hires and and moves that I had to make over the past year. So he has a little bit of experience. He's learning our system. He's buying into the system. Right. He's not just taking because the problem with finding somebody with experience is they have their their own ways about going and and one of the agreements that we came uh came to very early on even before he took the job is like listen, we have our way about doing things and you need I need complete buy-in and that was an agreement that we put in place so he's awesome um building his business within a business same same thing with Aaron we all have a long term vision uh I always tell them you know I want you here at this point I want you here at this point um and we're all, we're all teams striving for the same thing, which I I think is extremely valuable. So to take a step back and go through the, the, uh,
0: Well, no, no, one, one, one point to make on there. And and it's a language that we talk about. Like the language is really important. Like you talk about marrying yourself to the process. You also said that you made an agreement.
2: That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah.
0: Well, then keep going.
2: So, so that was one of the things that I needed that I didn't do with, um, take a step back. I I hired somebody because they were recommended. I knew them through somebody. They weren't a right fit. I hired another person off of, you know, uh, an online job application did interviewed pretty well. We didn't make agreements. I didn't set that set, set, you know, lay down the law. I didn't, I didn't, um, I wasn't clear on what I needed to be done and that didn't work out. So I learned, I learned a lot through those two people, even if they were considered quote unquote, you know, failures on my part.
0: Hey man, Um, just like not failures, like did it just like, it wasn't the right fit, but like when we talk about the language, like, man, like it's agreements versus expectations. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, I expect my children to behave well. Like, we make agreements for them to behave well, and we agree if there's certain things that happen. I mean, working with my six year old to stop sucking his damn fingers right now, and he <laughs> negotiated five dollars a day for me last night. And I was like, dude, you, know, I'm gonna give you five dollars a day, but you got to do it for seven consecutive days, and then, but if on day six you don't do it, you know. And, uh, and so it's cool. Cause we get to talk about multiplication and addition to stuff <laughs> throughout it too. but like, so I expect my kids to be good. Like right. I don't expect anybody sitting outside my office door to do their job. We make agreements about doing their job. We make agreements on how we're going to perform. We make agreements of what is going to happen when you fail, because you're going to, because there's way too many things that happen in a mortgage, way too many third parties, way too many things that, you know, It's just impossible to train on. There's nothing like on-the-job experience. Right. I mean, you just you you can't plan for everything. Right. And those are the things that I've really seen uh, you do and change as you found better fits for you. I mean, the the other people have been your team. They're going to be a great fit for somebody else. They just weren't the best fit for you. Right. And man, it's it's impressive. Like I I wish you know.
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that I had those experiences so early and, and rather quickly, you know, I'm talking mm-hmm. about within, you know, three, I just that, an
0: amazing coach like you do to be able to uh, right. help through those when I was 25. Right.
2: <laughs> so I, I'm glad, like they say, higher, slow, fire, fire, fast. You know, um, I don't like the word fire, but we had to part ways and I'm glad that before it dragged out for years, like some people have experienced, I was able to have your guidance and, and you know, a little bit of instinct to say, this isn't, this isn't going to work out long term. And here are the mistakes that I made, because as a leader, I have to take responsibility for every result, regardless if it was my responsibility to carry out that result or not. But here's the mistakes I made. Of course, a lot of it was on them right? They didn't work, they didn't work hard, They whatever. But I have to look at like, well, did I really train them very well? Did I really set down, set expectations with both of them come to, I mean, agreements with both of them. And those are things that I didn't do. And now what that allows me to do when I do grow and hire more, I can bring people up to speed that much quicker, which time is money.
0: It, it, It is, man. It's, um, when, when I, uh, First made the leap and it took me, gosh, damn near, damn near a decade. It was like seven or eight years before I, I hired my first true you know, loan partner. We didn't even call them loan partners back then. They were loan assistants. I hired four in the first year. First person, I didn't ask if they knew how to use a computer. Second person, like just she thought she should be me. Uh, third person was a great friend um, who was, was kind of doing it part time. And she was like, uh, you really need somebody full time. I like, I'll stay and stay here until then. And, and then the, the fourth guy, man, he, he, I'm not originating loans uh, in, in the manner of the cons- direct consumer relationship anymore, man. Dude, he runs my entire Sean Z team now. Like, right. and that's like, it's just amazing when you find that person, what happens. Right. It allowed me to build a branch. It allowed me to build other branches. It allowed me to build a region. And, and it and it allows for a lot of things on the exact path that uh, I see you on too. Um, And you, you and I are similar in a lot of ways too, because- we need other people to 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 run the ops for us right um, so <laughs> hey man I, there there's something that you have to talk about so uh you created an, an event and a brand um RE and uh it was something that was really taking off in twenty nineteen and then man, like everybody's got to go and bring some kind of pandemic back to the United States yeah. um, So tell us a little bit about that and then. Tell everybody about how you were, had a couple hundred people showing up to a venue and that venue called you, I think it was two days before, right? Yeah. And told you you couldn't have it there anymore.
2: Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, brewery or brewery, um, I, whenever it's a recording, I always try and spell it out so people can understand it. Uh, it's B-R-E-W-R-E. So it's, it's a play on words with a brewery where people make beer and drink beer. Uh, And the last two letters, RE stands for real estate. So it's a real estate networking event. Mm -hmm. I found that when you bring people together in any capacity, like every good business has events, right? That they set targets for. And whether it be quarterly, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, I I strongly encourage setting up an event that you control, that, that you organize and you promote. So... I didn't want to show up to networking events anymore and attend them. I wanted to have it and I wanted to create the community. So um, that, that, that allows people to come together, thrive and build relationships. So that's what, that's the premise of brewery and it's a moving networking event. So we were going to have it quarterly until the pandemic hit, which I'll get into. And we were going to move it from brewery to brewery all across Long Island, which there's a ton of breweries here. So it was, it was kind of cool to, you know, have it in different areas, different venues, um, all around free beer, free attendance or free entry, free everything. Uh, just, just come drink, have fun. That's the premise behind it. Now I had a brewery three, so it was going to be our third event scheduled for, I believe it was January. Um, and the pandemic hit, so we had to cancel it. So I rescheduled it for March 31st, I believe. Or was it April? I'm not sure. I I put, I pushed it out a few months. I found a venue that was willing to, uh, you know, have, have a good amount of people in attendance. Socially
0: distanced outside.
2: Correct. I I was supplying masks. I was, we were going to enforce it. We were going to, you know, I, I'll go into that in a second, but a, a very organized, you know event that was safe for everybody. Um so I found a venue that did it. I think 2 days before the event was supposed to take place, our governor in New York state changed the guidelines about you know, uh, uh, events like this. And the venue called me up and said, "Listen, we can't do it. We can't do it." So, here here I am. I've 240 people registered, which for anybody that has ever thrown an event, 240 people registered means, you know, 50% 200. of that are showing up. Right. So 240 people registered. Um, everybody's amped about it. Everybody's posting on social media. There's a whole promotion that I, that I do a whole promotion strategy that I do to, to, to get people there and, and to register, but everybody's posting about it. There's a huge buzz and two days before, I don't have a venue, and I have to tell people something, right? So immediately, I'm talking about within hours, I start calling and asking, and I'm, and I'm looking. Ideally, I realize we can't do that at a restaurant, we can't do that at a bar, we can't do that at a brewery, because these are the people that are going to get fined if they do have a thing like that. So it needed to be more private, so I started looking for a very... Private venue, so I called a bunch of listing agents or or realtors, and I said, "Do you guys have a, a you know a waterfront uh, listing that can hold people in a backyard outdoors?" And I finally found somebody after hours of of hitting the phone. So I found a venue. Now the problem is when you have a venue like that, there is no alcohol, there is no bartenders, there is no food, there is no chairs, there is no valet, there is no uh, seats. Uh, Everything I needed to come up with everything. So within another few hours, I got I rented chairs, I rented tables, I, I got a valet team, I found two girls to bartend, I bought a bunch of alcohol, I found a place to cater, and I blessed it out using bomb bomb. I blessed out using social media. Everything has changed. Everybody's meeting here. We'll send you the address soon. And we had I think it was like eighty people show up. Which during a a pandemic, during you know this time of uncertainty, um, was very I was very very happy with the turnout. And at the door, we gave out masks we get, that were all branded. Um, so I made custom brewery masks with the logo. Uh, we took temperature. We did. We had hand sanitizer spread throughout. Um, it, it was it was very very effective. And it was just another, another one of those experiences, like no matter what is in front of me, I have to get, I have to get the results done. You know, like I execute, I kept on saying, that was my mantra for those, the, the, those 48 hours. Mm-hmm. I execute, I execute. I had people trying to tell me not to do it. Oh, you know, just postpone it. Nobody will be upset. And I would respond. I execute, I execute, I execute. And that's, that's in my, in my opinion, that is the mentality that you have to have when you run a business is I execute. Everything is on me, whether it's closing a loan on time, bringing a customer in marketing, hiring, firing, I execute. So um that was my experience. Mike,
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just like you were talking about earlier in atomic habits, motion yes. versus action. I mean, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: there's, we, that, that that's a whole another podcast, man. Eric, dude. Uh thank you so much. Hey, like if you guys want to check somebody out, if you want to see uh what just it looks like to be really an influencer of the mortgage world and and what Eric's doing, go to Instagram, check out not your average lender, uh hit him up in the DM. I'm too old, but there's a song about that. And, uh, you know, Eric, thank you so much for joining
2: us. We got to have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Peace, brother. All right, guys.